This is JFM Podcast. Critical issues are getting exposed for a better understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 to death, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the temerity, the audacity to talk to a governor who still produce, produce the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalists are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Sonomolad left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponzac Fadan and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grapple with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Hello there, very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J, uh, J101.9 FM here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fadab. It's a beautiful Wednesday evening. Today, 6th of December 2023. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening, Gilbert. How was your day and how's the going? Good evening, Ponsak. Thank you. Um, it was a good day. It was a productive day and really good some of the things that i saw in the course of the day and in the course of the delivery of our responsibilities of course um, this job gives you a lot of um, to say experience you encounter people at different levels almost on a daily basis and today um, i have to just share this with you Ponsak. a young man a serving call member did something remarkable really never met him really never heard about him but um, I had cause. The community is called um, Rangansala. I, the name is quite tough to pronounce, but it's somewhere around Rantia. Mm. Yeah, um, the gentleman constructed three classroom blocks and two office spaces for the school. It's quite a community that if you see, is in need of some of the things, some of the interventions that he shouldered the responsibility upon himself to do. His name is Martin Bassi, and um, it was quite a remarkable sight to behold, and I'm really impressed about him. I'm really imp- impressed at what he did, and nobody who was even there um, has any cause, has any cause to not uh, marvel at what the gentleman did. And it's a great achievement. If you see the kids, the pupils, you just would really know that they are in dire need of that sort of intervention. And so it, this is a call for spirited individuals to just be in the lookout for opportunities to touch lives and for core members, perhaps. And of course, that scheme has come under serious scrutiny with events, the abduction of core members here and there, people getting missing, and some of the events that have happened to core members in the past, the call for the scrapping of that initiative. When you see things like this, 
it gives you a reason to have a rethink, a reason to also, you know, look at issues holistically, the advantages and the disadvantages as they were, as they are. So this is not to overflow the issues, but I mean, I was really touched because education is something that deserves even more priority than we give, and not many people do this. So, um, Copper Bassi, Martin Bassi, that's his name. I really wish that you continue in that stride and you gain more support and more strength to touch lives. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for that. I mean, that is a very inspiring story, and I hope that uh, people will take that, you know, find inspiration in this story and run with it, you know, and ensure that... Uh, they contribute their quota to make society progress in a way that, you know, they would like to see society progress. Well, uh, to some political stories, Gilbert, the APC seems to be uh, having a storm, I would say, in a teacup. You know, it hasn't left, uh, it hasn't, you know, uh, leave the stage of the teacup yet because, <laughs> uh, well, the factional chairman of the party, that is Honorable uh, Ishai, it, uh, is, has sent a strong warning uh, to uh, Rufus Bature. Uh, and according to him, he said Rufus Bature has been illegally parading himself as the chairman of the uh, All Progressives Congress. Uh, and of course, he, he has asked uh, him to stop prognosing into the affairs of the party over the nomination of ministerial slot. Uh, you know, Governor Simon Bakola Long has. Uh, accepted, you know, a certificate of return. We don't know whether he's going to change his mind, but as far as we know, you know, uh, if you are in possession of the certificate of return, it shows that, you know, you have admitted that you uh, you won that position, sure. you know, for example. Uh, well, uh, the factional chairman of the APC, Honorable Ishaya, it's a, I won the member representing PKK, right, Honorable Yusuf Adamugagdi, uh, Governor Lalong, and the national uh, as Deputy Secretary of the Party, Barrister Festus Valno Fanter, to stop their respective quest to nominate ministerial candidate for onward appointment by President Bola Ahmed uh, Tinubu. Well, uh, Honorable Shah, it's a one, uh, Honorable Gagdi, to cease fire uh, from the antagonism and confrontation with Lalong on who among them should produce candidate for ministerial position, as none of them has such power because they are just floor members of the party well very very interesting development here uh gilbert i would say uh honorable shy it's uh, you know seems not to back down uh because you know we've you know carried the story for a long time absolutely and well, to him, kept track yeah of course he said that he's the only person who purchased nomination form mm. uh, from abuja and the congress that produced rufus Bature wasn't free and fair and that's why he's seeking redress in court and uh, for me i think that everybody has a right to uh, and I'm very thankful that Honorable Shah it said, was very civil, uh, not to you know disrupt because of course we all knew how the Congress of the APC you know uh, they just said affirmation you know when uh, Honorable Latef Dabang you know left that party they just said you know affirmation and of course uh, Honorable Ishaya said look I'm going to contest I'm going to purchase the form and he went uh, to Abuja purchase that form and of course the matter uh, is in court as we speak. Well, uh, let's wait to see what the party is going to react, you know, especially in this unfolding interesting uh, developments, Gilbert. Yeah, the party at the national level, I want to suppose, because um, there's a part of that story I wasn't aware of, which you shared with me. Um, a statement coming from the Plateau State chapter of the party. Yeah. Uh, the statement was signed by Sylvanus Nama. Yes, and he had some reds 
um, in context for Honorable Ishaya Ite. And um, from all indications, just to put or to clear the air on the issue of Governor Samuel Bakulalong, and of course he said it looks like he's going to make way for the ministerial slot. As Sylvanus Naman said, there would be vacant position, the ministerial position. So I think there is some slimmer of confirmation is going to vacate yeah. that ministerial position. But it's really tough and interesting times for the APC. For one, provided um, Ishai is a citizen of Nigeria, a citizen of Plateau State, he had the right to contest the elections, went ahead to purchase the elections. And I nomination think form. Uh, nomination form, yes. So whatever case, whatever be the case, if there were any violations of his right. He has the right to seek redress. And, and that's what exactly he's doing. he's doing. So there is no point coming out to bully or to even harass an individual and trying to say he was expelled at some point and all of that. Um, to me, it doesn't quite add up. So, yeah. and, and this is, uh, well, for uh, the APC who are celebrating Beatrice Kaze, you know, in the... Thank you. Thank uh, you. For, yes, I, I think that they yes. should also... In context. Yeah, yeah context. they should so also true, celebrate... True, uh, because, true. Ishai Ite. Yeah, this Ishai Ite, basically what he wants is justice. Absolutely. He wants justice to be seen, mm -hmm. uh, to be done, you know. Uh, it's no crime aspiring for anything. But again, if you uh, want to muzzle people, you know, into uh, intimidate them, into, mm -hmm. you know, keeping quiet or silent, then uh, that is where, you know, there's a problem. So... Uh, well, we're going to keep. And there was, with there's that. also an attempt to drag the PDP into the whole well, but politicians no. will always be politicians. It's, all, it's always frustration. True. I mean, right when uh, from the start, when now uh, Robisha, uh, you know, was uh, going about, you know, uh, the litigation, you know, Sylvanus Nama or the APC didn't come out to say, oh, the PDP was. So we understand, you know, mm -hmm. that when political parties or uh, politicians, uh, you know, frustrated. Uh, you know, you see them, you know, trying to grab who to uh, put the blame on, you know, for example. So, well, uh, let's leave it at that. I would like to for us to talk about uh, the former member representing just South, just East Federal Constituency, Honorable Dachi Musa Bagos, because I, I see that he's on a thank you tour, uh, you know, thanking the people. Uh, someone, you know, said that this campaign, but I said no. Uh, the time, what what will he be campaigning for at this point in time? <laughs> he has, yeah, he has clearly admitted his or accepted his fate yeah. to say. Well, what is uh, he campaigning? That, There's clear, no rerun election <laughs> there. Uh, and for me, the 95,000 human beings, you know, that came out to vote for Honorable <laughs> Dachum, I think it's only sensible that Honorable Dachum Musabagos is doing this, you know, at this point in time because uh, the people will feel that, look, truly you are our servant. Uh, we still repose confidence in you that uh, you will serve us at any time. And he has proven to the people that, look, I'll be with you. Uh, I'll feel your pain, whatever it is. Uh, instead of him, if I was the one personally, I'll be discouraged. Maybe I'll just go on a high tooth and maybe go and clear <laughs> my head, you know, uh, some other place. But look at him, you know, coming back to the people. And it shows, that goes to show you that the, the leader that the people chose you know, uh, and he's still, you know, I saw one of his tour. I mean, there was just one policeman, you know, with him. But you see how people were uh, all, you know, happy. Nobody was trying to harm, you know. Everybody was comporting themselves in a very, very peaceful way. And the thank you uh, tour for me is, I think, is the most sensible thing to do at this point in time. You have to go and tell the people that, please, do not despair. You know, I know that you voted for me. Uh, but things turn out, you know, in a different way. But 
I will be with you no matter what, you know, I'm here if you need me. I think that, that, that leaders should do that, you know. The empathy, just like what uh, Governor Mutfang is doing, you know, in town. Fixing roads, you know, paying debt benefits and gratuities, you know. Uh, even I, someone mentioned to me that the road, you know, from Mangu, uh, Barkinladi Mangu, the back road. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I saw some of the pictures Yeah, yesterday. yeah, will be uh, fixed, mm-hmm. you know. That is a leader that really wants his society to develop, you know. Uh, and those are the kind of leaders the Nigerian court are uh, threatening, you know, uh, uh, not to stay in the saddle. But, well, we'll see. We'll keep watching. Yeah, it's easy to throw in the towel when things like this happen. But you know what? It's in times of troubles or mom- tumultuous moments that you know leaders, that you see them show strength of character. And to be honest with you, that didn't even occur to me that there was any need perhaps to just come back and take deliberate steps to take to tell the people thank you for the opportunity to serve, which is what the gentleman has done at this um, point in time, which we are seeing. And he has taken strides, also some of the top leaders of the party, to visit these people, show them that, look, um, he's grateful for the opportunity. So whoever is trying to pick up a point or throw you know, some mud in that action, what do you expect for him to do? I mean, to through tantrums or to just get angry at the people? Is it the people that are responsible for what befell him in the court? So why should he not return to? So certain things shouldn't be trivialized and it's quite important that party leaders tell people the truth. There should be a boundary. There should be an end to politicking. It's not everything that you just try to turn it into politics and score political points or just uh, to find a way of navigating ahead of your perceived opponents. I mean, that's not it. We're in a civilized society and we're in a democracy. People have to associate. And what we always talk about is there's a need for peace, there's a need for harmony. And when you're able to achieve this, then it's for the good of all and not to just throw mods every time left, right and center. It's not it. It's not sensible at all. Yeah, and you know, the more we do that, the more we uh, throw society backward. I think that people should be are interested in who brings development to them instead of uh, uh, because take it or leave it where in the face of governance uh, politics you know has uh, come and gone uh, when the face of uh, governance right now well let's take a break when we come back let's uh, this insert will be from the uh, minister for communication i mean given reasons why you have drop calls uh, and, and and what have you when we come back the show will continue uh, stay here I do know that, you know, uh, ordinary citizens without the technical understanding of how these services are provided may not have the understanding. So there are times that you experience bad connection that is simply due to the fact that an infrastructure has been destroyed somewhere. So one of the first things memo that I've been working on as a minister is actually to declare telecommunications infrastructure critical natural, na- national infrastructure. Because there are times people go van- vandalize a base station, steal some of the things there to go resell. Every time that is done, it gets in the way of quality of connection that citizens get. There are times people dig the ground and they end up breaking fiber optic cables. Those fiber optic cables also contribute to the quality of service that you and I get. 
those things are not, the, the, the telcos are not pre-warned that someone is going to go somewhere to steal something. The quality of service, in their opinion, they want you to experience the best Yeah, well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanat. My name is Gilbert Joseph. We have Mr. John Kelly here. Uh, Mr. John Kelly is a good friend of the house, public intellectual, and I'll say by his expertise or profession, he's an accountant. But anytime he speaks, uh, I, I get the feeling that he's an economist, you know, not an accountant because of his vast and deep knowledge, you know, of uh, economic issues. It's good to see you always. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. And good well, I don't know where to start from, but would you like to uh, talk about, you know, our chit-chat with Gilbert, especially uh, what is going on with the APC in Planto State? I mean, the factional chairman, Horrible Aisha, is uh, clearly coming out <laughs> to tell people that, look, you have to stay clear. Uh, you're overstepping your boundaries and what have you. And Sylvanus Naman, you know, replying him. Yeah, I, I found it very fascinating, actually, um, to um, hear all the debacles as far as the issues in the APC are concerned. And I want to say very emphatically, that is, as far as in the eye of um, the blind law, I'm using that word deliberately yeah. because they say justice is blind mm -hmm. or the law is blind, as the case may be. Um, if you look at it very critically, in the Electoral Act, provisions were given for, you know, the conduct of um, party primaries or even congresses. Mm. That is, in the case of a congress, right, there could be what we call an open congress as option A4, mm. or you could use um, the delegate issue. Now, in this case, um, leading toward to um, the primaries of, sorry, the congress of the APC, um, Ishaya Itzay, in the eye of the law, was the only individual that purchased a form to contest for the chairmanship of the APC on the platform. And I asked him, I said, uh, why was he the only one? He said that the forms were uh, never seen, you know, to other candidates who want to vie for different uh, position within, you know, the APC. He said, uh, especially in Jaws, he looked for the form, went to the party secretariat. He had to go to Abuja himself, you no. know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is what I'm saying. If the, if the party was actually working on the case of a consensus, because since there's a provision for consensus, they said affirmation. The party, the con first, <laughs> yeah, first the consensus, yeah, the party should have called all the aspirants, you know, in that case and discussed with them. So if you are going to or through the method of the consensus, there must be an agreement. So other aspirants who were contesting for the position of the chairmanship of the APC in Plateau State must have agreed that, yes, we agree to this consensus and we have affirmed that our votes or our support is for ABC yeah. or is for A. But unfortunately, what happened within the period, some people just gathered at Yalwa Club uh, Bukuru in the presence of the then governor and they now agreed that Rufus Baturi was the an authentic or he was an affirmed chairman of the APC through a consensus. And that is, that is an aberration as far as the provisions of the Electoral Act is concerned. So if Ishaya is a, this time around is going about telling people that he's authentic chairman of the APC, I don't think he's wrong because he followed the due process in purchasing a nomination form to contest for the position uh, of the chairmanship of the APC. So as far as this issue is concerned on the plateau, we know for sure 
But because of the encumbrances, mm. as the case may be, you had within the period the leadership at the national level was APC. You had the leadership at the state level was APC. APC. Yeah. So they conjure and they drafted a lot of schemes against, you know, Ishai Itze. And that led to the point that we are today at the moment. Ordinarily, if we are in a country where rule of law is followed and leadership procedures are followed, we shouldn't be talking about Rufus Bature today being the chairman of the APC. Yeah. This is the law. Okay. And I am not the one formulating all these issues. And that is the position of the Electoral Act. Yeah, well. But unfortunately, where, where we are today, because of the misconduct in the APC. Let's, let's uh, see how that will pan out. Uh, let's talk about, you know, more on governance. Uh, Governor Caleb Motufang seems to be uh, doing some, I would say, urban renewal uh, measures, you know, especially uh, some road within Joss and Bukru Metropolis are wearing a new look. Uh, this is just uh, not up to seven months, you know, since he uh, took oath of office on the one hand. On the other hand, he has directed that gratuities, debt benefit, you know, should be paid from 1985, you know, to date. And it's going to t uh, cost the part of state government 20 billion uh, naira. Talk to us about, I for one, when I read about the uh, gratuity and the debt benefit, I said, where did this man, you know, is getting these monies, you know, uh, from? And I learned that, you know, uh, is it salaries, you know, he has tried his best to be uh, up to date, except for some, you know, a uh, few issues here and there uh, that we're having. Talk to us about the governance. Uh, style of uh, Barrister Kale Mudfang, the governor of Plato State? Um, basically, I, I want to be deriving my points from the point of law, right? Because the constitution clearly states that the hallmark of governance is for the security and welfare of citizens. Mm. And if truly the letters and the spirits of those writings in the constitutions are true, then I will say that Governor Mudfang is a clear definition of a good leader. Now, if you look at it, just opposing it from where we are coming from to where we are today, this is a leadership clearly stated without deceit. This is a leadership clearly stated on anchoring on the citizens, those who actually voted for him, or whether you voted for him or not, Governor Mufwan is out to guarantee governance to the people of Plata State. Mm. Now, remember I stated two issues. I stated the issue of governance and also security. Mm. On the aspect of uh, uh, welfare, if you look at it critically, as you have mentioned initially, on the issue of um, the welfare, the civil servants, as the case may be, when he in, uh, became the governor of Plateau State, there were backlog of salaries and arrears and other issues within the civil service. And he had cleared all those issues. Even though Governor Mudfan do not want to be reckoned with or be appreciated for the payment of salaries. Because he had stated, you know, severally that the payment of salary is not an achievement. Even during his campaign. Even during his campaigns. So when he cleared the backlog of salaries, that is why you, you did not hear noise from the government house or from the governor or from his aides stating that the payments of salaries that the governor is a top had priority. Done. No, it's not because he felt that the worker deserved his wage, and which was why he did that immediately. And he went forward 
by even you know, approving the payment of the 20 billion naira of death benefit, gratuities, and what have you, from 1985. So looking at all these that the governor is doing, that shows that somebody who had an agenda even coming into governance. Because I always query politicians that before campaigning or before ascending into an office, first of all, what do you have for the people? You must draw a roadmap that if I become a councillor today, if I become a senator tomorrow, or a House of Rep member, or a governor, what will I do for my people? So when, once you have a clear roadmap or an agenda laid down, as soon as you assume your responsibility as a governor, you will hit the ground running. Now, remember again, immediately he assumed office as a governor. He held a security council meeting. And that security council meeting metamorphosed into him visiting the volatile areas of Rium and Barikinladi, and he proceeded to Mongoluku government. Yeah. These are the volatile areas that we had in terms of security. And he assured the people that the government was working in saying that the issue of insecurity on the plateau is drastically or totally eradicated. And within some few months, he had an engagement with the top-notch security um, agencies in Abuja. Because like we always say that the security issue is on the exclusive list of the presidency. The governor cannot legislate on the issue of security. The local governments cannot legislate on the issue of security. So he decided to take the approach directly to those who are concerned. And in fact, let me tell you interestingly that because of what Governor Mutfan did, the governor of Taraba State copied that. He did that also after Governor Mutfan had gone. The governor of Niger State had also done the same. So that means that Governor Mutfan has ra had raised the bar as far as the issue of engagement, of course, for other people to follow. Yeah. So that means that Plateau State is currently as a, as a pedestal that other states are copying and also monitoring to see how they could engage. And as far as the issue of insecurity on the plateau is concerned, for the first time in history, we are seeing the direct engagement of the federal government on these issues, unlike it was the case you know, in the past that you engage the police commissioner and it ends in a deadlock. You engage the uh, Tot Amodiv um, GOC, it ends in a deadlock. And we even had the John Tax Force, um, that is um, Operation Safe Haven, within the plateau. It also ended in a deadlock. But now, the composition of the security apparatus, as the case may be right now, is gingering you know, the armed forces and all other security agencies to put their heads together to stem the tide of insecurity on the plateau. You know, initially, we had separately the commander of Operation Safe Haven. Mm. Then we also had the GOC yeah. differently. I remember when I had an engagement with General uh, Agundu, when he was the, the, the commander, the commander of, of Operation, Operation Safe Haven. Yeah. I asked the question, because looking at two commanders in the same state, you know, there are always rifts right, within the system. I said, why can't yeah. we have one person handling you know, the issue of insecurity on the plateau instead of having the JTF commander different and also having the GOC different? But I think that maybe the government at this period now decided to merge. So you don't have the JTF commander different and also having the GOC. So currently the GOC is also spearheading the operations of the JTF within the plateau. Now, and also the intervention of the 
high command of the military in, in, in Abuja. And, and that is why seemingly you can have some kind of um, uh, uh, leverage peace on the plateau as the case may be. So you can give it to Governor Mutfuan that his engagement had finally paid off. Because peace is not something that you make out of compromise. Peace is a genuine desire and a working document that you approach and engage the people. And once the people see you know, uh, um, the commitment from the part of the security, the people will always relate. And I'll give a very big kudos to the current GOC, who is also heading the Operation Safe Haven. Because if you realize recently, there has been a lot of arrest as far as on uh, the killings on the plateau is concerned. Unlike it's where before, once you arrest somebody within the plateau, you take the person to Abuja. And once the person gets to Abuja, the case dies off there. And that was the problem that security had with the then governor, Jonah Jang, because he was insisting on the crime being committed within the state. Those people must be tried within, within the, the, jurisdiction. State, the jurisdiction. So unfortunately, because there was a compromise from the high command and even down the state, but this time around, we're having this direct intervention, and which is giving you know, some kind of suko to our people on the plateau. And we are proud of what is happening. And we are proud of Governor Mutfuan. And we are proud of his achievements as far as the case may be. You can look at the infrastructural development in terms of roads. Just go to the city center and see what is happening within the city center. Yeah, if yeah. a visitor is visiting Plateau State for the first well, time, yeah, yeah. you know, the visitor will first of all will want to visit the state capital to know or to see what is happening. Now, if you travel or you drive around town, you will discover that you are driving on a smooth road, you know, looking at all the networking within the city center. So tourism cannot come within the state when you have bad roads and you have dirt littered all over. And he had even declared what we call um, um, on the sanitation, you know, uh, state of emergency on sanitation. And that is why all the little dirt that you used to see within the city center, you can see that again. So this is what we were expecting, that as Governor Jiang was exiting, we needed someone who would connect with what Governor Jiang had done. If Governor Lalong had connected with Governor Jiang, and today Governor Mufan is connecting with what Governor Lalong had done, Plato would have been greater. But unfortunately, there was a disconnect for eight years Eight bad years of governance on the plateau. That was what practically what we saw. So we're now happy that Governor Mutfan is connecting directly with what happened during the Governor Jiang's administration in terms of um, uh, infrastructural development in the state. The governors, um, they call them the class of 99. Governors that took, um, that assumed office since they returned to democracy in the country. Many of them were attempted um, socialist in nature, and this is because they prioritized welfare, salaries, you know, as against infrastructural development and, you know, certain other facilities that were needed for nation building and all that. From what we have seen so far, and by your reckoning, what trajectory is this government taking, particularly Governor Caleb Mutfang? Because at least um, this is more than five months. You know, and we can tell from the imprints and all of that. And I do not want for us to go at all into the political distractions and all. But from all indications, what are we seeing and what do we expect if he were eventually to serve for four years? Mm. To be realistic, um, Governor Mutfan is not put up with all the noise. Good leaders don't talk. Have you heard Governor Mutfan making pedestrian statements here and there? Good leaders don't talk much. 
but good leaders make action. And that is what he's been doing all the while. Instead of engaging the public and those who do not want him into the rhetorics of the noise on the ground, that is what the governor has refused to do. Now, he's hitting the ground running within the span of six months. He did not take six months to appoint his commissioners, <laughs> as a matter of fact. He appointed his commissioners within the record period. And those commissioners are performing wonders. In fact, let me not forget, I did not even mention the transport sector. What he's even doing in trying to revamp the network of rail within the state. And do you know what that will mean? That will mean that the citizens within the state who will be traveling to the hinterlands or to other parts of the state can be connected within the already existing network. And the governor is working on even creating additional networks that you can travel with your goods at a cheaper rate, right? Even beyond that one, arrangements are on ground for even the payment of, um, uh, of, of clear, um, what do you call it now? Uh, 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 overheads, okay. overheads to all ministries, departments, and agencies of government for their run-ins. Because you cannot have an agency or a ministry that are running just based on peanuts. You must give them their due reckoning as far as the payments of their entitlements are concerned so that they can fast-track the workings within that environment. And again, the Commissioner for Local Government and Chieftaincy Affairs, I can see a smart guy who is working pragmatically behind the scene to also ensure that governance is brought down to the people. And this is all working. So when you just oppose this and looking at the overwhelming support that he got, the governor is not taking that for granted, as a matter of fact. He's looking at it that we must shift from the normal norm, the normal norm of laxity, the normal norm of, 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 uh, of corruption within the system. The governor is trying to lay a solid foundation for the full development of Plateau State, as the case may be. And which was why I drew a line between what we met in 2007 to 2015. Then from 2015 to 2023, there was a, uh, a big gap. So if every government comes into place and connects with the performance of the past, right, then Plateau will have been greater. I had said before that we had a government within two, uh, 1999 to 2007. And some said that the government within the period of 2027 to 15 was within the northern zone and i had said that if the government that was before that government had concentrated even within the central zone then that means the central zone will have been a heaven right now then within the period of 2019 or 2015 to 2003 then that means the southern zone the southern zone will have been a heaven then again now we are still having another government within the period between uh, 2023 and by God's willing, leading to 2027, right, and beyond, we'll also see what will happen, what will happen. But infrastructurally, the state capital is key. You cannot run away from the development of your state capital because your allegiance is to your zone. Governance is not given based on zonal representation. Governance is given based on good governance within the system entirely. Whether you are from central, you are from southern, you are from northern zone. Once you are given the leadership of Plateau State, you must ensure that you work adequately to ensure that the interest of the people is adequately protected. Once upon a time, we had a governor who said that he gave... 
uh, a commissioner for peace to reign. But it's not in the reign of Governor Mutfan. Governor Mutfan is not given a commissioner for peace to reign, but Governor Mutfan is given a commissioner for inclusivity within the system. So that we are one people, whether you are a Christian, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are an atheist, the governor recognizes your presence as a citizen of Plato State. So it's all about governance, governance, and governance. And that is what we're projecting. And I, for one, as an individual, I will always support good governance. If governance fails, I will also be on air to challenge the governing capacity of the leader, Pawan. I am not just an analyst or I am not just a person who patronizes government, but I am seeing a deviation from what was, from what is right now. So I'm talking about what is right now because it's a clear departure from what was. So if you are given the six months with the magnitude of what we're having right now, what will, come, what will become of Plateau if we give Governor Mutfuan the desired support for the next four years? then that means totally most of the critical infrastructures as far as Plateau State is concerned will have been fixed. What more if we give Governor Mufuan the next four years, making it eight years, what will become of Plateau State? Then what will happen again if you now have a connecting governor that will come in 2031 that will also connect with the ideals of the governor? And that is what we want. That yes. is why if you go to Lagos State, the connection has been consistent. Why not Plateau State? Why even though, even though, even though it, it has had its fair share of criticism, but let's look at the reaction that greeted um, the attempt to revamp the real sector in the state mm. and certain pronouncements by the opposition and all that. What's your assessment? At what point does government get the benefit of a doubt? You know, and for the opposition and people who perhaps are even doubting some of its actions to say, look, let's watch and see the extent to which this goes. When the coaches arrived just here, there was so much ado about the state of all of those coaches, despite what government said. And the priority wasn't to look at how effective or how viable the whole invention or innovation is going to be. Now, I want for you to help draw the line between opposition, for example, and mischief or unnecessary um, rabble-rousing or unnecessary attempt to just discredit government. Mm. Because in the end, it's about the substance. Mm. Opposition, unfortunately, will always be opposition. <laughs> the PDP was in an opposition. And, and, and basically, uh, people raised issues and concerns. And those concerns were real. Right? And that's what we talk about, constructive criticism. Once your criticism is constructive, there's nothing wrong with it. But unfortunately, what we heard within the period about the coaches that arrived Plateau State, that they were Mongo Parks, they were this, they were that, and all, and the rest. But the point is that those state Mongo Parks they're talking about, are they really reliable? Will they really perform the function that other coaches will have performed? Would they really carry out the desired responsibility if given the opportunity? But unfortunately, people didn't look at the substance of what was on ground, but people went on criticizing and snapping pictures of um, some abandoned, you know, coaches elsewhere that they were painted and brought on the plateau. But unfortunately, that's not the case. The case now on the plateau is that we are seeing someone who is really ready and able to revamp the real sector within the plateau. Because I, for one, I know what it will mean 
for people who are in the hinterland, in the rural areas, transporting their goods into the city, you know, via, you know, the, the, the rail network and also at, at a cheaper rate. As is right now, just a transportation from just to Bukuru, you know how, how much it costs. I remember very well when we were in secondary school and my school was a bit primary school, um, close to um, um, the, some of the rail tracks. Once you hear boom, you know, well that, the, that, 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 that the rail is passing, right? And it was so cozy that some of us, you know, really wanted at some points to apply it. And we tried it and it was just memorable. And that is what you innovate from one point to the other. There are light trains. Properly from this point, we could make another city rail train within the city, a different network that could have light trains within the city. But instead of giving the benefit of the doubt to the initiator of the program, because you are an opposition member and you felt that it was not necessary for the governor to have brought in those coaches at this point in time. But unfortunately, that is opposition for you. And they're taking the opposition to a different level, not even to the normal level of being an opposition member. Now, is it, is it not possible and practicable for opposition to come out to loud government policies that have been seen to work? Because we aren't used to all of that in this part of our democracy. And what you find, therefore, is people coming out to basically latch on to just anything. Isn't that the way to go in democracy, in a democracy like ours? Well, in a normal democratic setup elsewhere, in other climes, but not in Nigeria, we've seen oppositions coming up to say that, okay, ah, for this policy, you have done well. For that policy, you have done well. We commend you. But unfortunately, that's not what we have in Nigeria. What we have in Nigeria is direct opposition in the real sense of it. Because I am opposing you and whatever policy you implement, I must challenge that policy. Even when you are uh, dancing you know, on a wetland, they will, they will say that you are raising the dust. Right? That is what practically is happening in Nigeria. And that must be stopped. I have been here on several platforms that I have raised concerns, even within the governing, um, even within the PDP. Right? So it will not now be a surprise for me to be raising issues about bad governance as far as the APC is concerned. So constructive, uh, constructive criticism goes with the real intent of the ingredients of what the government is doing that's not right. So, but the people failed to appreciate Governor Mutfuan for trying to revamp the rail sector in Nigeria because the National Railway Corporation had collapsed as far as Plateau is concerned. So this current arrangement is only being made by the governor. And that is where um, Honorable Commissioner Davo Jato, he's the commissioner, my friend, he's handling that sector. Even today, I, I, I think the deputy governor and the commissioner, they were at the just terminal to supervise the activities within that area on how the coaches or the operations of the rail could start up. So, so, so basically, that is what we are looking at, the ingredients, not the noise that people are making around. And I can tell you that the noise is not, and the governor is not perturbed by this noise. The governor is, is ready and able to make Plato better again. Let's uh, open the conversation. Uh, we've been having a chat with uh, uh, Mr. John Kelly, and we're looking at some local issues uh, here in Plato, 0812187-7777, or call 0905566699. Don't forget to turn down the volume of your radio. 
or you turn it off completely and then you tell us the name and where you're calling from. That is very important. And drop your comments on Facebook at JFM Joss, on X at JFM Joss. Let's take the very first call on the show. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Thanks for calling. We're listening to you. Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Edith Kumar. I'm calling from City and Junction. We're listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Yeah, I have actually our information. Yeah, cooking very, very well. I think cooking the mind of most of the Latinians. You see, it's very, very unfortunate demonstrated by what's happening in APT. Actually, during APT convention, we have heard it to the media where the uh, person that buy ticket have been complaining to the, to, to the extent that we do not even care about it again because of the power of incumbency. But it's a very, very certain one as a big compared to what is happening in PDP. And let me go back to the performance of governor. Actually, it is a double by having Governor Caleb Bufan. I think Governor Caleb Bufan with his achievement in six months. I think there is not any doubt. Whoever is even doubting me is not the question. And I know many people that do not vote for the governor, but after the six months, they have confessed that they are very, very... They are thinking that why do they not so are great? So you see, that's, that, that's the, a level of governance. So that tells you that Governor Caleb Bufa has a lot of plans in Plateau. And this is going on where people are seeing it and people are feeling it. You just need to prayer and support from the people. And the opposition also, is, they, they need to check what is this governor doing. Because if you are thinking of a opposition, let's put governance first. Yeah, because begin to wrap up your thoughts, sir. Uh, every, any personal interest. So I think that I'm giving a chance to uh, 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 bring to so that they can get the benefit of democracy. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for calling. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, Good evening. Thanks for calling. We're listening to you, sir. Shoot me to appreciate the public intellectual John Kelly. You're yeah, welcome. Let's come right on the line. Thank you. listening here. Well, I don't want to comment about it. Not, not. But I see appreciate the present governor. His Excellency would come and there. Who understands the sense of democracy and good governance? Governance, democracy, services. You never rest, you never keep quiet. It's always teaching out how to appease people. Not about campaign, but it's practical presentation of dividends along the side. Well, the issue, the life is that, you know, when somebody wants to do the right thing, people have to decide. Should people moving forward? I remember that this is a contract between my God, not human being. Whatever it does today, it's for good or for my team. Let him go ahead and do the right thing. But I want to say APC. What is happening in Kano, Plateau, Kaduna, and Lafia? You should be very careful. There are areas that are untouchable. That when you touch them, they are touching God. 
gubernatorial issue, governorship election in Plateau, Palo, and this. You see how they are immediate as governor, not somebody like Gandhija. They never, they never allow Kano people to rest. Even here, they have never allow Plateau people to rest. They talk about big Gandhija, they talk about election, they talk about pre election, they talk about just to bring the model up. And they're not doing anything. They never done anything because they pay their eight or two causes. I don't know. Yeah, well, wrap up your thoughts, sir. Thank you, Robosa. I don't have anything to say. We should be careful because when you push your mind to war, honestly, coming back in the full force. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hello. Hello, good evening, Robosa. Yes, thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you. He got us the rumors on the to cover of in the person of. Well, we can't we can't make out your words. Maybe you call back when you get a chance, Gilbert. All right. On Facebook, Ayodele Agbabiaka says, whatever elections is being planned to take place, it should be in the interest of Platonians. Conrad Dawos Longard says, I think the judiciary should be the one in charge of conducting the elections since they have the power to change the will of the people and INEC is no longer an independent body. Just total failure because they have been used by politicians. More of God's grace to the governor. Felkuka Gohan says, Politics in Plateau State has turned something different that the politicians feel they can't win without destroying the other person. It's well, as Sobagun Francis says, it will be very difficult to change the narrative of uh, if it involves politics and politicians on the plateau. My advice is if they don't have anything to offer the people of your constituency politically, keep quiet, never on religion because it's personal. Yoni Johanna says, seriously, Nigerian politics is equal to gambling. Majority of the people voted for their mandate and the judiciary is trying to manipulate it. 2027 election will be between the INEC and judiciary. Aminu Abdullahi says, let's forget about the issue of religion, tribal sentiments, and focus on development. Izang Asi says, this election is a big deal ahead of us. I pray that it will not be like 2021 plus election. May Governor BCM succeed. David Mark Sambo says, The voter education right now is robust. Politics is no longer business as usual. The electorate have their taste of who is going to be their leader, but our major problem is the judicial arm of government. Baturi Simon says, If the blind can attest to the good governance that is going on in Plateau at the moment, then who should not? Dimas Bala says, To be honest with you, the political narrative in Plateau State is that of division and deceit. There is a serious hatred among the different tribes in Plateau State because of the bad narrative some politicians have sold out there. Julius Achigak says, I would like the political narrative on the Plateau to change from religious and tribal politics to issue based without name-calling and hatred. Let the people choose credibility and comf- competence over religion and try for a better plateau. Yeah, let's come to Mr. John Kellam and give you a response to the comments you've heard. Well, 
basically i would say that um government is in two parts you have that's democracy entirely you have the 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 government and you have the governed mm-hmm. so the government constitutes the executive the legislature and the judiciary, judiciary. and the governed constitutes the entire congress that voted the government into power mm-hmm. now it is not all in all cases that the governed sit to watch because we've seen compromises in many instances where the executive the judiciary and also legislature. The, the, the legislature <clears throat> compromise the interest of the governed that is the masses that vote them into office mm-hmm. and that goes to say that we have a role to play the role to play in the sense that we must voice out and speak out as far as the issues of governance are concerned unfortunately in nigeria i have watched keenly and i have seen that people do not understand the writings or of the constitution people do not know their rights and privileges as a nation people do not understand even the budgeting process in nigeria and that is where my concern is because as a concerned citizen if the government makes budget on your behalf that budget is not for the governing authority that budget is meant for the masses it is your responsibility to scrutinize and ask questions where your interest falls in as a governed individual and again you also need to ask questions as it relates to your personal life as an individual because there are rights and privileges enshrined in the constitution that guarantees your living as an individual and those rights are not run based on terminal basis it's not run based on four years that after four years then you will now act in the next no those rights are run basically on a daily basis so on a daily basis you need to ask questions as it relates to your rights we've had questions we've had issues that where we've had intimidation intimidations by the military intimidations by the police and other security agencies on individuals have you ever taken a right to read the constitutions to also know the constitution and know your right as an individual so that when you are approached by those people you can quote properly a provision of the constitution that guarantee your right as an individual to challenge that person mm. we haven't seen those issues yeah. so so basically i think nigerians it is time for us to make an awakening in our spirit and do the needful, thank then you. Nigeria will be better for all of us. Thank you, thank you. Maybe Gilbert, uh, you just say bye-bye because we have a lot of commercial. The UN uh, has reacted to that aerial mishap in Kaduna and they're calling for a review of the military's rules of engagement. And that's true. right. Yeah, well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. John Keller, for coming. Thank you for brilliant analysis as always. Thank you. Uh, this is where we'll uh, draw the curtain on the show. My name is Ponsak Fanab. The news coming wait above the hour, 6 o'clock. Bye now. Pleasure. After the bills, we play the hits. With the best music from around the globe. This holiday season, think of moments you cherish the most with your loved ones. Moments that bring us together with DSTV. The feels. Heartwarming family shows. Work best in my house. The wins. For me and my guys, Premier League and Champions League is all we need. The suspense. I don't play with our Ninja drama series weeknights and weekends. The gig-
Giggles. My favorite cartoon character is so much fun. Teen Titans Go! <laughs> Fill your holiday with the best moments. Choose moments that bring us together this holiday. Watch and stay connected. DSTV, it's your moment. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.